Welcome to this, the first of our episodes in the series, Meet the Kamunda Team. Find out about the people behind the code, the person behind the keyboard, the personality behind the committer. And this first episode, we are speaking with Rin Oliver, Technical Community Builder at Kamunda. Welcome, Rin. Hey, thank you so much for the welcome, Josh. Really appreciate it. Happy to be here. Awesome. This is a question that I'm sure is on a lot of people's minds. What exactly is a technical community builder? That is a very good question, and I actually have an answer for that. A technical community builder is, you can think of me as the bridge between the open source developer community and Kamunda. My ultimate goal is to lower barriers for developers in and around the Kamunda ecosystem to efficiently get the information they need to be effective with Kamunda. I'm all about developer enablement and improving the developer experience by enabling developers to do what they do better and faster. All about that developer enablement. Love it. Yes, indeed. People often, you know, if they're, especially if they're looking at their own career, wonder how do you get into one of these particular roles? And I mean, there are many pathways, but what was, what's been your pathway into tech and into this particular role like catch us up on the story so far my path into tech was very non-traditional i come from a non-tech background and my degree in university was actually in public relations so i got started in tech journalism and that's how i got started was i was a journalist and then i produced podcasts for a hot minute at the new stack and then i did a few things hither and yon and then I landed as a platform evangelist at a small startup in Seattle called Esper. And from Esper, I joined Kamunda. So it was a very non-linear path. And I didn't get into tech until I was 30 years old. So it wasn't like I always was in tech. I wasn't always in computer science. Like I said, I was in PR. I was doing a lot of communications. I have a communications background. So that's how I got into it. And that's how I'm here today. So you can come in from different sideways, from different industries. and. It's never too late to change no, the track you're on. Not, not, not at all. Never too late. And so now that you are at Commander as the technical community builder, what are you, some of the things that you're working on that where people might interact with you or run into you? The one place where people are most likely to run into me is the Commander Community Hub. The Community Hub in and of itself is a centralized home for all Commander community contributed extensions. And you can find that on GitHub at github.com backslash community-hub. And that's a place to find exciting new open source projects to contribute to that are often built and maintained by our own external, exciting Kamunda community members. And they're wonderful people. And it's a way to take advantage of improved visibility into an extension's lifecycle and stability, who maintains it. And it's a place to connect with extension maintainers and help improve the broader open source Kamunda community as a whole. Awesome. Yeah, I've got, I've got some couple of things in there, actually. This podcast, Yay. as of last night, is in there. I created a repo. I saw because, that. That was very exciting. Yeah, well, the last episode with Niall had like a BPMN diagram that goes with it. And I was like, where do I put this to host it? Oh, on GitHub, of course. I created the repo. Wonderful. That's fantastic. I love it. And I love that it's all out there in the open because I think Kamunda's commitment to open source extends far beyond our community extension maintainers and contributors. And it extends that commitment extends to those extension maintainers and to our contributors as well. And supporting community extension maintainers and their projects improves not only the upstream Kamunda products, but like I said, the broader open source ecosystem and developing software in the open lowers the barrier for new developers, such as myself, contributing to a project leading to better ideas as a whole. Yeah, that's awesome. I got my node client in there as well. The JavaScript client for Kamunda nice. Cloud. I don't know if I've seen so much so yet like 
new contributors or anything. It's already got kind of like a very stable and significant community around it where it used to be in the ZB organization. So it's got a uh-huh. bunch from there. But one thing I have been noticing since I put it into the community hub is um, some of the automation kind of uh, stuff that we've been working on. And even with the ProBot that we've been working on on Twitch together. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I do. I do want to talk about the ProBot. That's another thing we're working on. Yeah, I've been doing a little work on CICD and release automation, helping support our infrastructure team. And But ProBot is a big one. Our ProBot... Originally, I was like, all right, let's just do the typical issue label probot. You you do a slash command. It applies a label to your issue. But I thought, you know, why stop there? And so I've been hacking with Josh, and Josh and I have been really making our probot something special in that we've incorporated more than a few things than just your standard run-of-the-mill issue labeler. It now has also an issue triage where if you don't have a label on your issue report request, it adds a triage label. So, you know, you should probably triage that. And it also has release drafting, which is really cool because I know some people, <laughs> Josh, don't like to write detailed release notes. And so this the release drafter that we've implemented in ProBot actually drafts your release notes based off of your commit so that it really puts it together. If you label your commits properly, if it's a bug, a feature, or a fix, it will categorize them and make you really beautiful release notes that are really nice to read for people that are consuming your extension. Yeah, it would be it would be cool to say that it writes them for you, but it doesn't quite it does do that, not. does it? No, it does not. It's, it it at least gives kind you of a draft like, that you can work on that makes it a little nicer to look at. Yeah, and it's more kind of like it forces you to write them. It um, does as yes. you go, rather than like right at the end, like okay, now all the release notes at once. Yeah, that way yeah. you can you can actually have everything there, which I think is really cool. Another fun thing I've been working on is a sentiment analysis project with David, one of our team members, and we've done a we've worked on a sentiment analysis on the, some discourse and orbit topics that we've got going. And so, so that's on the it's, forum. It, it's on. It's we're running. Yes, we're running sentiment analysis on specific forum topics. That's correct. Yes, and mm. so it allows us to choose any topic and run a complete sentiment analysis based on all posts referencing that topic, which is really cool. So all I wow. all I've done, admittedly. I hope to get that. The meat of that is a plugin for discourse that David discovered called, I believe it's, but the discourse data plugin. And so I got that. I asked all of the other forms that we have. We have three forms, the Kamunda platform form, the Kamunda cloud form, and the BPMNIO form. And it was only implemented on the Kamunda platform form when I got started with this project. But since I said to the other form maintainers, you might want to add this. And they said, yeah, we absolutely do. And then what was really cool is that when this was updated and surfaced to stakeholders, they said, this is really neat. We want to see if we can take this further. So we're trying to create a functional front-end form. That's what I did recently in HTML and PHP, which would theoretically allow people to enter their information, a query term, and select which form they want to run sentiment analysis on. And I'm not sure where that's going to go, but hopefully what they should do is be able to fill that out. And then they'll, their query will get entered into the database it'll run and then they'll get an email back with those query results hopefully cool and so that kind of like is like taking the temperature of the the emotional temperature if you will of the community on particular topics that is correct and we actually modified a project that david had worked on the santa project which is a santa which is a sentiment analysis bot that he created last year so we extended yes. that out a little further so that was really cool um that's also in our github it's under the devrel folder you can find the santa bot there it's under products awesome. and you'll see it. Yeah. If you go to the community. Yeah, I, rem- community I remember have- that Santa bot. It was, yeah, it's uh, cool. people could submit letters to Santa and yeah, it would can, extract yeah. 
terms, like uh, what the gifts, the things that they wanted, and then like make a list, a shopping list for Amazon.com. Exactly. It's so fun. It's so fun. And I'm hoping with this, what we're hoping to do is see if people, for lack of a better term, how they're feeling about a feature, how they're feeling about something, a decision that was made, how they're feeling about a particular topic. Like, can they actually use this feature? Do they actually like it? Et cetera. Awesome. Yeah. And then another wonderful thing that I'm working on is community contributed content. That's a project for Q3, but we're hoping to introduce an external community contributed content program where we approach some of our community members and see if they'd like to, for example, record a podcast episode with us, write a blog post, any contributed content in general, a community contributed content program so that we have content from our community about the fun things they're doing, the cool things they're working on, how they're using Kamunda, et cetera. That's awesome. It is. It and is. I, I guess Kamunda can supply like editorial Absolutely. Kind of yep. muscle and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. That's great because yeah. that also helps people to build their own personal brand. It does, for sure. It helps people to build their personal brand. It gets their voice out there. It lets them talk about things that they might not necessarily have an opportunity to talk about at their day job. The cool things they're hacking on, the fun things they're doing. If they're not using if they're not using Kamunda for work or if they're if they are using it for work, they they might get to surface it on two places. That would be cool. Don't know yet. But yeah, we'll see. that's it's awesome. It's evolving. It's a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, once you've written an article about it, the next thing, if you're into it, you could give a conference talk about it. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of, conference talks coming up, am I right? I do have conference talks coming up, and I have a lot that I gave in the first two quarters of this year, which would take this rest of this podcast to do. A quick editorial interjection by a voice from the sky. This episode was recorded in July, and since then, Ren has given the talk at the Diana Initiative. The link is in the show notes, so you can check it out. But coming up, I've actually got a closing keynote at the Diana Initiative on Saturday, July 17th. If you are interested in information security, it's a conference for non-men in cyber and information security, which is very cool. And I'm going to be giving a closing keynote. I'll be wrapping up the whole thing, no pressure. And we're going to talk about pitfalls. Some pitfalls happen, some worse than others. If you, Whether you lose a job, you lose a loved one, you lose a promotion. Non-men in tech often experience these setbacks and feel like they'll never recover. But the thing is, if you connect with others like you, build a group of like-minded individuals. Together, you can take on more than you would by yourself. So you can rise from the ashes and you can challenge that status quo and meet whatever obstacles life throws at you. So we're going to speak about how to build resilience, setting boundaries, sharing examples of overcoming personal career hardship, and tips and advice for how to set yourself up when you've been down offer advice for how to connect with others in the cybersecurity industry and show you how to nurture the embers of your past to blaze a path toward a brighter future. Awesome. Um, the other one I have is actually my first in-person conference of 2021. Um, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm going to, I'm not sure if I can actually talk about this one yet. I don't think I can. Oh, can the suspense is killing me. You can't? Yeah, I've got something. No, I can't. I can't. They haven't announced it yet. Uh, oh. I've got surprises. I've got surprises. When, coming up later when are they going to announce it? Do you know? Soon, soon. Surprises, though. Things are happening okay. later. And actually, I think the Carolinas part would probably be a giveaway, but Google it. Yeah. <laughs> First in person conference of 2021. Yeah. Carolinas. Yeah. I don't know if I can talk about that one. So, um, yeah, I'm doing Can you something. at least give us an idea of when it's going to be so people can like keep yes, space and they can. I can in autumn. So, autumn America's spring. In your neck of the woods, so autumn, September, 2020, September, October ish. 
Okay, September, October-ish, autumn in the Carolinas. Yes, yes, exactly. Beautiful time of exactly. year to be down That's there. That's about all I can – it is a beautiful time of year to be down there. It's, have you ever been? It's lovely. <laughs> uh, I've been to Raleigh, North Carolina. You have? Then, you, yeah, Raleigh's yeah. lovely. It's a beautiful place. Yeah, it was it's quite warm mountains. when I was there. Yeah, it's very mountainy and very green. One thing I remember about the Carolinas is they're green. thing that will be happening that time of year is Hacktoberfest, too. Hacktoberfest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're gonna do a whole uh, a whole thing. episode about that. Ooh, that's exciting! Yeah. Yeah. No spoilers yeah. for that one, but there we yeah, got no some really exciting yeah. announcements. So that's what I've got coming down the pipeline. Needless to say, it's a lot. I actually, if you, uh, if anyone here is interested in my previous talks, I've done Mozilla Festival, Desert Island DevOps, a few others. Yeah, there's there's too many. But I'm out there on the internet. Feel free. Write the docs. Portland 2021 did that too. Yeah, lots. Do you have a website or I do have Twitter a website. Or? I do have a website. I have Twitter. I have a, I have a website. Yeah, I have all that fun stuff. Um, people can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, anything really. So, do we have a directory at Kamunda, like where people can see how to contact any of us? Do we have a I don't think so. I'm not sure oh. about that. Interesting. They can definitely oh. find you in the Kamunda community hub. I'll put Absolutely. a link to that. Yeah, in the, definitely in the show will, notes. That will link to. And I'll also mean? link your uh, website. Sure. So I got five, I got five quick questions for you, Rin. Exciting. All right, let's do it. You ready for this? Yeah. Okay. What did you have for breakfast? I'm going to sound like an absolute hippie, but a vegetarian breakfast sandwich and a brown sugar oat milk coffee. That's, that's where we're going with that one. It's not a joke. <laughs> a vegetarian breakfast sandwich and a brown sugar oat milk coffee? Yeah, I'll send you a picture. It's a creamer. Yeah, okay. It's just brown sugar, oat milk. It's a coffee creamer. It's it's awesome. I love it. So I was spending a boatload on Starbucks, and Starbucks is not great coffee, but there's no real home coffee chains around here that I would be interested in. So Starbucks is where we go. But I was spending I've been looking a lot of for money. an internet connected uh, coffee machine. Oh, those are cool. The the best thing my coffee pot at home does is I can delay the brew. So if I tell it I want coffee at six thirty in the morning, it'll make me coffee at six thirty in the morning. That's cool. That that is cool. But yeah. here's the question: Can you connect it to Commander Cloud? I wish. I would. I would totally do that. I'd be like, if this happens, <laughs> make me coffee. Okay. Next question: What's on the top of your playlist? The top of my playlist, as in the thing I listen to most recently, or the thing that I listen to most often? Because these are two different questions. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Take it either way you like. Thing I listen to most often, I'm not going to lie to you, it's Taylor Swift. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> to a lot of Taylor Swift in the house. <laughs> shake it off? Uh, yeah, shake it off. Her new album, Evermore, pretty great. Love it. Okay. I'll look into it. It's good. But I, I like Taylor Swift's old stuff. I'm a country music fan, so I've seen Taylor Swift through this whole evolution. And her new stuff is honestly really great, because you can tell that she's matured as an individual from her 16-year-old teared up some my guitar days. Now she's got Evermore out there with some really gritty stuff, and it's like, nice. Nice evolution. We've come full circle. Awesome. Taylor Swift. Yeah, other, and- other than that, it's emo music. It's just it's just straight up zero zeros emo. Like that whole Newfound Glory, Blink-182, The Used, Boxcar Racer, all those other, Dashboard Confessional, that whole thing. That's, that's what's on my playlist. Right. What's the last movie you watched? Hallmark movie with my mom. She's a big fan of um, the Postables, Sign Seal Delivered. It's a Hallmark Channel thing. It's just, it's ridiculously wholesome. Like, it's just purely wholesome content. And they have two hour movie features. So I watched a Hallmark movie with my mom. Hallmark movie? Yeah, it's 
It's science sealed delivered. It's it's a reenactment or dramatic reenactment where it's not real, but it's it's like a story about the dead letter office of the U.S. Postal Service, and it's obviously not real, but it's it's cute. They tell wholesome stories. It's written by the same people that did Touch as an Angel, so it's so, Touch by an Angel or whatever. It's really good storytelling, so I'm I'm here for it. Nobody, nothing horrible happens. It's genuinely like there's there's nothing like ridiculous. I can't do like horror movies or anything like that, so I tend to stick to like children's movies wholesome content nobody dies nothing ridiculous is happening like i have a very low threshold for gore so i avoid horror movies and stuff at all costs i, I can't do it i don't like zombies or anything like that Mm-mm, no got it okay what's your favorite restaurant to eat at we just moved to a new city and we're still doing that thing where you move to a new place and you try to find everything that's good so so far we've found a really good place that makes a really nice vegetarian burger it's called twisted root and it's right up here in shreveport and they make a really nice rice and quinoa veggie burger, and they can they let you put basically whatever you want on it, and they make their own milkshakes, so that's pretty cool. I'm a fan. It's really great. So far, so good. Awesome. And then uh, back to your mom. How would your mom or your dad describe mm-hmm. what you do? I'm going to see if my mom wrote me back. Hopefully she did. She said, I don't know. Is that a trick question? <laughs> that's even better. That's great. <laughs> it's- <laughs> Like, no, it's not a trick question. It's serious. So this is not even like what, how would you describe how your mother would describe what you do? This is like, literally you went out there and like, let me poll the community and find out what they I actually. I literally asked her, how would you describe what I do on my phone? And she's like, thinking it's a trick question. My dad seems to think that I'm like a physicist or something. And I'm like, no daddy, that's not what I do. A physicist. <laughs> I'm like, no, he's like, but you do the computer programming. I'm like, no. I barely do the, the computer com- programming. The computer programming. <laughs> I barely do the computer programming, Daddy. But thank you, though. I love it, though. It's nice to. It's nice that your parents think you're smart. It feels good. I'm like, oh, they think I'm smart. Yay! Giving <laughs> 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 endorphins. I like those. Yay! So my mom. My mom tends to say, like, my mom actually just sent my niece a link to that Diana Initiative keynote I'm giving because they have a teen track, and my niece is turning 14 in a week. So she's like, hey, your aunt's one of the keynote speakers. And it's like, oh, my mom's proud of me. Yay. Mm. <laughs> so that was that was fun. And who knows? Maybe my niece will go on to do something in cybersecurity because she saw me give a talk at Diana Initiative. You never know what could happen. And that's the kind of thing that's really cool because I they have a teen track for the first time. I think it's the first one. I'm not really sure if they've done it before. They might have. But the point is it exists. And I think that more events are having these teen tracks, especially for underrepresented minorities, non-men, and young girls, young non-binary individuals all need to see themselves represented in tech. So events like the Diane Initiative show them that they have a space in this industry and that there's a future path that they can pursue if they're interested in that sort of thing. So if you have a teenager that's 13 to 18 and they're interested in cybersecurity, check out the Diane Initiative. It happens that weekend in July, 16th, 17th, 18th. It's really cool. And you get some teenagers interested in cybersecurity. And for adults, there's a whole bunch of wonderful, wonderful talks, including mine. So come check it out. Awesome. Building the technical community. Thanks for joining us today, Rin. Thank you. And that was this episode of the Kamunda Nation podcast. I'm your host, Josh Wolf. Roll the credits. Audio engineering provided by Inclusion Audio Production. Check them out at inclusionaudio.com. 
and the soundtrack is provided by the legendary Japanese progressive house DJ Shingo Nakamura, courtesy of MonsterCat.com. 